one of the favorite things i like to say is you know both sex and money are two conversations we don't really have with our children so uh, financial empowerment is not just about being the decision maker about where i spend the money but i think it's more about knowing where my money is women should be involved in the decision making and not say that i don't know i don't care or i don't want to know this is the 41st episode of dream 100 show with mrs ratnashree kara founder of harmony in today's episode we talk to mrs ratnashree kara an investment advisor and founder of harmony the whole purpose of starting this amazing concept as well as this organization is that women have a safe space to have an intelligent conversation regarding their finances engage themselves in financial decision making and plan for a better and a future which is brighter ahead financial fitness is a must for every individual and every family it can no longer be ignored so now let's understand how to start this journey of financial safety and security with the expert advisor herself on dream 100 show and let's hear it out from her right here right now welcome to dream 100 show listener i am your host savita hosamani each week we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all their challenges or we go on to explore one aspect of evolving business owners cultivating their inner strengths for personal growth which will impact business profits positively join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision making process and gain insights to make smarter decisions so welcome to dream 100 show thank you so much for accepting this invite it's truly an honor and pleasure to have you here on this show thank you savita for having me here i'm honored to be here myself thank you let's get started my one curious question is why harmony and not hismony or harmony <laughs> so i think the story of hermadi is definitely a little bit about my own life journey and it happens across the world right where uh people have been brought up to believe that it's a man's job to take care of finances and a woman's job to take care of home so his money has always existed hmm and for men who've been collaborative our money also exists you don't have to specify it but it exists but women don't uh, take responsibility or onus uh, unless you know a need arises you know in desperate situations so typically they have not been the people who take the onus for financial uh, responsibility i went through a journey where uh, you know both in terms of knowledge as well as experience that i uh, got into the need for managing finances so i personally felt that there is a need gap there and therefore her money uh, it's an attempt to help women to take ownership of their financial lives and for men who ask me why not the men why do you do this only for women so i said it's not like that if i if i teach your uh, you know daughter mother or spouse 
to uh, manage money, isn't it a service for you as well? Because a lot of the time men are cribbing about how women spend the money and, you know, have all these fancy ideas, but they, you know, and so they find that a drain for themselves. It's a great service for men as well. So his money and our money is something that is already available. Mm-hmm. And this is an effort in one direction. So therefore, you know, I'm building the, the story as such. Awesome. So here, see, I have been interacting with women uh, during my consultation time. And I see like most of the women employees, however big a position it is, still, you know, like prior to marriage, uh, they hand over the finances to their or their salary, uh, basically their salary, either to their uh, dad or after marriage, it is the husband's responsibility to take care of the salary and they get a small pocket money. And they say that uh, there is no enough money to spend. So how do you expect us to save all everything, all major decisions like my husband or my dad takes care of? True. So here's the thing, right? It's not like men are inborn with financial skills. Actually, it isn't true. Uh, However, because they've been brought up to believe that they have to do it, they just take charge, just like women take charge of uh, running the kitchen or raising their kids. So that's our normal behavior. And there's nothing right or wrong about it. But just like we are asking our men today to be responsible towards raising the kids, maybe staying at home when the woman goes out uh, to take care of the kitchen as well, because I meet a lot of young men who do the same. So if we want that then should we not also take the other responsibility? So when we're sharing, it has to be 50-50 and it should be in various forms, right? So I think there is a need for this. For So if you want this change, then you should accept the other change. That's the way I see it. So uh, financial empowerment is not just about, you know, no, being the decision maker about where I spend the money. But I think it's more about knowing where my money is. And what purpose it is serving. So if your man has made mistakes, were you involved in the decision making to say, no, maybe this is not a great idea. So you need to have your voice. And two people make better decisions together, especially when it is for the common purpose. So that is what uh, I was saying earlier also, that her money is about harmony. And that can be brought when the woman is an equal partner in that decision-making process. So she doesn't have to do everything. Uh, It's not like she has to become the sole breadwinning person. And so she has to take all the investment decisions. That's not what we are talking about. What we're talking about is, do you know? Do you know all the right things? Can you hold back your own spouse if he makes a mistake? Can you have an intelligent conversation with him, engage him? And, uh, you know, maybe sometimes guide him on the right path too. He may not have the time to think. Uh, Because the woman knows about all the family members. She knows what her parents need. She knows what the in-laws want. She knows what the children aspire to be. You know, sometimes the men are not even aware of it. And so when she knows all these things, is she in a position to plan for all of this? She is, if she involves in the decision-making. So I think women should be involved in the decision-making and not say that I don't know, I don't care, or I don't want to know. Yeah, beautiful. I think this is a very beautiful line, which you said the last line makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Awesome. So here I have a question. See, when a girl starts uh, going to a job, 
as soon as she starts uh, being financially independent uh, there is a certain amount of freedom which she experiences so you know the, uh, i think we all have been through that journey where we splurge with our credit cards we make extensive trips uh, do extensive shopping but uh, when it comes to uh, savings or uh, handling because only when there is a tax issue we hand it over to some third party and we say that please take care of my taxes <laughs> uh, that's it we are not even worried uh, so like uh, what are the basic things which when a girl starts earning that she should keep in mind that uh, irrespective of whatever uh, the journey is with whether her partner is good bad or whatever uh, they have to be financially secure right <laughs> so what steps they should take so i think the first thing about you know finance and investments and which most of us try to ignore is finance is not about just investing it's about your own money behavior <laughs> and that's exactly what you've captured beautifully because you know what happens all our life especially girls when they are young right you the mother or father gives them pocket money and says okay this is the amount of money you have this is where you spend from and so that's where they spend the money from <laughs> so the moment they start earning obviously it's a sense of freedom <laughs> it's my hard-earned money, and it's my choice, and I want to be responsible for those choices. So I will make those choices. Now, choices can be anything. <laughs> it could be spending, it could be saving, it could be investing, it could be anything. <laughs> and obviously, it's going to be spending if their entire upbringing is about not allowing them to spend or not allowing them to make choices. So I think for parents, I would always say that whatever you do. raise your children responsibly with money as well as everything else give them the responsibility with smaller amounts and teach them to take responsibility for whatever they do with it and let them do whatever because that's the only way you will make them independent so that's for parents and mm-hmm. uh, for children so that, so you know if you handle that well children will transition into investing fairly easier and there is no problem in that space but for those who have not you know been constrained or said that you can't do it obviously there will be a sense of freedom and you will want to spend so the way we work and i do work with a lot of young girls as well is that you we let them think through about what it is that they want for themselves in their lives as they are going along the journey and typically it's a lot for young people there's a lot of peer pressure and that's where they spend their money however hmm. if you can reconnect them to themselves they do have the capability of understanding what behavior comes from peer pressure what comes from within and what comes from family pressures so when they are able to distinguish they make the right choices <laughs> but uh, most of them at least uh, from what i have seen is they do not even have the awareness that this is uh, what uh, is leading me to behave in such and such a way uh, as you said peer pressure when it comes to peer pressure uh, people invest on flashy cars or uh, expensive jewelry which might not be a great investment uh, at the moment okay like how what uh, are the steps where we should take where we feel that a person is financially stable at least uh, for a certain period of uh, time because when i have seen in most of the ads they say uh, start early so that you can have a peaceful and a happy life later on so how do we uh, or how do you bring in that concept into these young minds 
So I think uh, you know um, one of the favorite things I like to say is you know both sex and money are two conversations we don't really have with our children. <laughs> and it's you know so uh, at some level we need to have these conversations firstly as parents we need to have it with our children. Secondly uh, all parents do not know everything. Hmm. Why do we send our children to school or college because they learn in from those environment. So mm-hmm. I have to say that today there are a lot of people who are doing good quality work. There is a lot of good quality work going on in terms of financial education, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to, uh, you know, make sure that your child is getting that opportunity. If you're talking about your child, or if you're a young person who's listening to this conversation, I think you should avail yourself of those opportunities of learning. Uh, there is a lot of information available on the internet. which can be misleading as well because if it is coming from someone who's promoting a product it could be misleading so you need to understand where is this information coming from is it coming from a neutral source is it coming from someone who's got a product to sell where is it coming from and there are a lot of good people doing good work as well so if you go to just people who are doing simple awareness for finances it's a great place to start mm-hmm. and of course today we, there are advisors like us who are there who do individually who work with clients individually so that is another place where you could go to work with uh, advisors because we are registered with sebi we have licenses we work with compliances we don't do product selling awesome so if you work with them you will get the right path as well when we are choosing a financial advisor what are the points that we should keep in mind uh, so if you're starting for the first time you could even work with distributors you know they they don't give you advice but they give you an opportunity to start investing through products an advisor's role is to look into all the other aspects of investing which in- includes your behavior we work with the client and we charge only the client so you need to look at the experience of the person what licenses they have their qualifications their experience and licenses that they have evaluate it because today sebi compliance ensures that you know all of this has to be put on your website all information is available is meant to be available so when you're going to somebody i think you should just research who they are where they are uh, mm-hmm. what qualifications experience do they have and what what is it that they are providing all the information is right at the bottom of their websites Mm-hmm. so most people don't understand but it's very simple just go to the bottom of the website see what license numbers they talk about read up on those everything is available on the internet we start reading the products or the information first but the basic exactly. information is right at the bottom of the website oh i think this is a very useful tip like you have to go to the bottom of the website and then look it look up to the person and then make a decision great when it comes to entrepreneurs see for entrepreneurs uh, always like whatever they earn they feel that reinvesting back into the business is itself a great saving or an investment but uh, they also should bear in mind that uh, say circumstances like covid might arise where the working capital is not like they would be deriving from just the uh, over previous months a turnover they'll be using that as the working capital for the coming months so when covid struck uh, what we saw was a lot of uh, businesses had to shut down or they went into a grave financial crunch so what advice do you think you can give entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs so you know the, when it comes to financial planning no 
and uh, this is the truth about financial behavior when everything is going good we think it's all because of ourselves we think we are good everything is good and there's this positive feeling that nothing can go wrong and that is the place that people operate from and uh, but then that's the whole beauty about planning a good entrepreneur is always a planner and you need to plan for the future both in terms of growth and in terms of you know setbacks mm-hmm. so entrepreneurship is all about facing setbacks and setbacks well now setbacks can come from various sources uh, covid was once one of a kind but it's not the only time there has been a setback at a global level right so mm. setback can happen for an entrepreneur at any point in time in their business so it could be a setback which affects everybody across the world it could be a setback which affects their industry it could be a setback that affects their company so you have to be prepared as an entrepreneur to deal with those and that comes from financial planning that comes from planning for your working capital as well as reinvesting for your business growth so it should be planned if you really want to do it well even through that journey it is never a straight line it is always ups and downs but that planning is something that helps you see through so yes covid has seen a lot of entrepreneurs who did not believe in planning who did not have forethought to go through a lot of difficulty and uh, very little can be done about it of course it also became an opportunity for you to do business differently and for those who reinvented themselves have managed to bounce back mm-hmm. and there have been a lot of people i am aware of who had to literally you know hide for a while somehow sustain themselves and then come out of it so planning goes a long way that is one part and the other part is whenever you're a business entrepreneur you really need to segregate your personal finances from what goes into the business hmm. because when a setback hits you have an opportunity to close the business but personally not suffer losses to an extent where you're not able to sustain family your own basic needs that is uh, becomes a very very difficult situation to be in so you must always segregate your personal finances and your entrepreneur journey mm-hmm. like i think government should make it mandatory like how they go in for uh, complaints even financial planning should be a complaints because uh, it will actually help them in the long run absolutely before you start on an entrepreneurship journey you should have tucked away some funds to say that you know this is what i'm willing to lose hmm. and this is what i'm going to pump into the business and after that you can say okay now i'm generating revenues and so that revenue you know i take back home again and this is that thin line people don't want to make they have to draw that line where say okay from here this you know everything that i'm earning some has to come back into my personal kitty and some gets pumped back into the business so not mm-hmm. all has to go back mm-hmm. so in your experience uh, can you share uh, any uh, examples of how uh, uh, people have planned well or how you help them to plan well and how they were able to uh, come out of a crisis because of planning so in fact covid itself was a wonderful example you know so when we uh, when i had started uh, a lot of my clients they had not experienced anything like covid and when we were doing the investment journey for some of my clients uh, i i cannot tell you the details but there were at least two or three clients who had a more aggressive risk profile 
And every time I would tell them that, you know what, don't put all your money into these higher risk products. We'll balance it out Mm -hmm. because your risk profile recommends that we balance it out a bit. But at that moment, you know, because we still hadn't heard of COVID, right? Everything sounded great. And they had the money. So they were like, no, 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 we can do this. And I, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I want to do multiple things, you know. However, it took a lot of effort to convince them as to why this is important and why we do it in a particular way and all of that. And as it happened when COVID hit, many of them have had uh, income cuts. So those who were entrepreneurs, they lost the uh, you know steady stream of income that was coming. Uh, for those who had salaried jobs, there were one or two I know clients who had to take a salary cut as well. Right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. at that point in time, the market had also crashed. If you remember, yes, yes, yes. And in the beginning, the market had completely crashed. Mm-hmm. And these were the clients who suddenly said, "I am not afraid." Mm-hmm. I don't know how long this is going to be. Nobody knew how long that. But suddenly, they didn't have fear. Mm-hmm. They suddenly said, "Okay, I know I'm sorted." I know I'm sorted. And uh, when the market went up, these were the people who actually, because they were invested in, uh, you know, lower risk products, they were able to actually even enter the market. Wow. When the market started moving out and actually generate the kind of return, which, you know, helps. And none of this is drastic because if mm. we always hear the positive stories of investing. We Nobody will talk to you about their negative experience with investing. It's only the advisors who hear these stories, but typically outside, nobody will go and tell. Mm -hmm. Right. So you only hear positive stories. So you believe everything is going to go great. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and so when the market goes, oh, we made so much money, but who made the money and who lost the money? When somebody makes money, somebody loses money as well. Mm -hmm. So that is the journey that we need to be prepared for. Awesome. Most of them are not even aware of uh, the fact that uh, there is something called as inflation. Uh, see if you start uh, investing uh, when you are in your 30s or uh, 40s still you have some time to make up but uh, what we see is uh, suddenly like after people come to their uh, 50s uh, they see huge uh, responsibility and then they realize that oh I should have done the planning Uh, so if somebody is in their 50s and they want to start now uh, is there an option for them uh, to start somewhere and still uh, be a little bit uh, of a stable so, you know, in investing, we say that the best time to invest was 20 years ago. <laughs> and the next best time is now. Hmm. So if you have not started already, uh, it's never a bad time to start. So there are processes that we use to understand how we can help clients achieve their utmost potential. So we cannot do magic as advisors. At the same time, uh, it's not like things are not possible. Hmm. Uh, So we work together. So advisors work with the clients to make sure that we make it possible for them. You know, so when you work with the client, so there's not, it's not like we do everything. We make the clients also work towards uh, solutions, how we can make things possible. Awesome. Uh, See, I just uh, saw some time back a video uh, related to financial planning in that uh, the person says that each one of us should have four accounts. One is your uh, salary or your income account and the other is your uh, um, with your uh, spouse and the other is your own uh, personal uh, 
account which nobody has uh, a say in it only the person who is operating the account they should be having that account and one more is the savings account uh, um, so do you also advise that uh, every person should have four accounts like that so i think uh, when i talk about advice i said everything has to be personalized so we personalize it but uh, what you heard in a sense makes sense because we are saying we are putting it in different buckets mm-hmm. so yes we do advise people to use different buckets now mm-hmm. what you use as a bucket could be your own choice but i think the intention here is to uh, talk about two three important things one is an account where money comes and money goes out of it's just a place where you capture it right so your salary comes in and investment happens so you capture it in different places one which is used for common expenses so you know whatever is common goes through one so that's one bucket one is your income bucket so where you're just you know controlling because an income bucket can also be used for investing that's what we normally do mm-hmm. because we say first you tuck away for investment and then you pull out what you need for expenses and that's a great way to work so then comes your personal ideas so Uh, it doesn't have to be through different accounts but what is important is that to address those as issues that what we spend for a common pool is different we must also have a personal pool and we must have a investment pool which is for long term mm-hmm. okay see here some businesses uh, they are doing extremely well so when the profitability is high and they have to pay a lot of taxes uh, to the government so during that time uh, because now 30% straight away goes for uh, taxing money and uh, that is where what they do is in order to avoid taxing they go and invest on expensive cars uh, and again which is a recurring expense if at all you look at it in the long run so what advice do you give to such people how can they utilize that money in the best way so you know when it comes to taxes there's just one way of thinking and i i find that people just think in so many multiple ways right so tax is something which we have to pay to the government it comes in various forms you pay as either income tax you pay either as capital gains tax you pay either as gst you pay either as your uh, dividend distribution tax or whatever so tax has to be paid to the government irrespective of who we are and what we do okay so business related income also you pay tax from the business side corporate tax the question is do what do we want to do about it so the first thing is to understand can we reduce because if we reduce the by doing all the right things the whatever is can be the tax outflow i think that is the most important thing to do beyond that pay the taxes to the government now there are two sides to it why do we not want to do it right because we don't trust the government mm-hmm. that is a different story to deal with that mm-hmm. is a political decision making mm-hmm. right so i would say to people who really want to you know who have you know political decision making that they want to do then i think go exercise your franchise go vote mm-hmm. go work with parties involve yourself politically if you really want to make that difference right make those choices speak to your chartered accountants and make them because they also have uh, a kind of uh, you know a, a, it's what we call an interest group who influence government policies and things like that so work through policy makers to make influence the change that you want to do 
But if you cannot do that, then reduce the, your tax incidence, reduce the quantum of tax that you want to pay. But eventually, it's better to pay your taxes than to do things for the sake of avoidance of tax and complicate issues. So look at the wholesome picture and then work towards it. <laughs> Great. You have had such an awesome insight about the whole thing. Anything else which inspired you to go into this journey? Uh, my own life actually got me into this journey. And uh, it started with, I had actually started my career with banking. And at some point, uh, you know, and then I did my CFA when I had my daughter was young. And then I, you know, thought I should become an entrepreneur. And I got into entrepreneurship without doing the financial planning that I just advised everybody about. You know, I was very young and I thought it's, uh, you know, we can do it. Happens. We can handle anything. Mm. Right. Mm. And uh, you believe in yourself, your skill set, and, you know, you can sustain. And of course, you can sustain when you're young. It's not that difficult. However, at that time, I was running a software training center. And when the dot-com bust hit, we lost our wealth. You know, wealth. Me, uh, mm-hmm. So me and my husband both lost all, all, all the wealth that we had created till then. And I had a child to support and things like that. So I took a uh, conscious break. And, and the other thing which you know, I keep saying all the time is that I come from a finance background. And I should have known what, what to do, right? So I kind of knew what I was doing. It's not like I didn't know. Uh, but however, and that's what I say that, you know, there's a huge gap between knowing what to do and doing it. Hmm. And uh, that was my own experience in life and journey. So and I have also as a woman, I've taken a long break, you know, spent time at home, raised my kids. And I'm very proud of what I've done. And it was done out of choice. It was not done out of any pressure for myself. And so that's where I feel that there is a need for uh, women to have that kind of safe space to work with. Because I know that when I uh, lost everything, I still recall uh, the few people who helped me and those who we think are our friends. And then you really know the difference between who's there for you and who's not. And so it's important to have an ecosystem which supports you in your financial journey. And which is why when I chose to come back to work, I was looking at what is my skill set, what is my passion, and where can I make a difference? My skill set was finance technically. Uh, my experience has been a lot of ups and downs in finance because I've also personally, you know, when, when we lost the money, I took responsibility of the fact that I was responsible for it. So I worked with whatever uh, you know, we started at that point in time, which is why the investment became a habit and a journey. And uh, then I wanted to give back to saying that if, you know, if a woman is an entrepreneur and she's, now I've, I've gone through the pain and uh, who is there to support her? Because these, those are the times when uh, it is very, very difficult for you to involve either family or friends and you need professionals to be able to help you through that kind of journey. So the whole idea of what I'm doing through her money is to provide a safe space for women to engage, to have a conversation, to know, come back to consulting, to understand what they're doing right or wrong, to make it comfortable. Because finance is not all about jargon and words that we don't understand. It's actually quite simple. It's just about basic behavior. If you can fix, you can be successful. So the idea is to give that opportunity and a safe space for people to have conversations, learn and grow through a lot of coaching techniques that we use to help clients. 
Mm-hmm. So what is the period like where uh, one can say that now I am uh, capable of uh, taking good financial decisions? So the way we work is we work as consultants. So it depends on where you are. So we do a lot of uh, questionnaires when we work with clients. And from there, so some clients are already there, but they just want us, you know, uh, just to check whether they're in the right space or no. Mm-hmm. Some clients maybe need to move a lot more and we get to know those answers when we do the questionnaires or we work with the clients. So for some people, it can be done in three months. Some people will take three years. Some people could, it could be a continuous process. And some people want that handholding. So it depends. So whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an individual. So investing is a journey. And what happens is life keeps throwing various things at us. So while we think we mastered everything, some new situation comes in life and then you again want to relearn. Correct. (laughs) That is what we are trying to provide. That, you know, (laughs) we are there. I mean, you can come back when something changes in your life and we'll work with you again to see what has changed and therefore what do we want to do new or differently for you. Mm-hmm. Great. So now uh, the most challenging question is uh, how uh, expensive uh, is a financial uh, planner? Like in case somebody wants to take uh, services, is it very, very expensive uh, to have a, a personal financial advisor or uh, uh, how do they go about it? <laughs> In, you know, from uh, her money, what we've done is we've uh, made it uh, simple for you. We categorize clients at different levels based on the questionnaires that we ask you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is not to make it so expensive that you can't, you know, you will not reach out to an advisor. So, no, it's not very expensive. It's it's about as expensive as going to a, a physical trainer or a yoga class or a coach or, you know, anyone. Uh, it depends on where you're coming from and therefore what your needs might be uh, and how complex that might be. But beyond that, okay. so the way it is designed is that depending on the need, we will make it simple for you and uh, you can still sign up. As you move along the journey, uh, you will see successes, financial successes. And so, you know, you could move up the value chain and the fee will, you know, might move along the value chain as well. And by then, I'm sure the client is seeing value. So I don't see any challenge there. (laughs) Great. What is the best piece of advice that you have received? (laughs) Uh, So the best piece of advice I have received, I will say as a woman, was uh, from uh, a lady who I'm very grateful for, uh, who when, you know, when I had my, uh, when my daughter was very young and I was very, very uh, excited about doing a lot of things. And uh, I used to struggle with work-home balance and, she told me a very simple thing that she said, you know what, Ratna, I love the energy and excitement that you have. But I can say only one thing that your children are young only once. So if you want to enjoy it, just enjoy it. And uh, soon there will be a lot of time to do everything that you want to do. And I think that's something I really want to tell a lot of women that, you know, enjoy that journey. Uh, More so when you are young and you have your children and you want to do so many things. Sometimes it's okay to keep it on hold. Don't overdo it, but keep it on hold and continue, uh, you know, come back and jump back to activities. Awesome. I think uh, that's a real good piece of advice because many of them will be contemplating. Uh, Everybody wants to do everything uh, at the same time. So this piece of advice, if really implemented, uh, it is wonderful. (laughs) 
what's the best compliment which you have received from your uh, client uh so one of my clients said that you know this is ratnashree who's my advisor she also covers me for everything else on earth <laughs> so, <laughs> so when in trouble i just call her so sir yeah thank you so much for that piece of advice <laughs> great ne if you still feel that there is something which uh, will add value to this conversation uh, please feel free to add i'm only going to say one thing for those of you who listen to this and who feel that they want to at least try out and understand what we do offer as services is you can go straight to our website uh, www.her-mony.com where there is a place where you can make an appointment so it's fairly simple that's where the questionnaire is it's a longish questionnaire and based on that we discuss quickly one quick session with you to see what your requirements are and if you would like to avail of the services we can come back to you so this is just for you to explore it doesn't mean you're signing up it just means that you're trying out to see whether you know you want to do this at all for yourself okay for organizations want to uh, sign up for their employees because employees will have a different uh, range of uh, salaries and if they think of uh, providing some kind of uh, service to them do you guys work with uh, such organizations also yes we work with mm-hmm. organizations as well we've been doing a lot of financial education sessions in organizations or you know in, on the lines that you were asking about right where do we get this so for m Uh, people who are working in organizations you can speak to your hr and you can ask us to come and do a session for you and uh, i'm actually looking at uh, seeing how we can enable organizations you know not just do financial education sessions because that doesn't really empower you in any format but how to create a continuous engagement process by which your own employees will take the onus of making a difference uh, you know within the organization you know i'm working on that structure and i'm open to starting with whoever is ready to start mm-hmm. i think uh, along with uh, physical health mental health physical fitness mental fitness financial fitness this is a very 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 important topic <laughs> absolutely you have to just get on the treadmill that's the only solution <laughs> <laughs> but getting on to the treadmill is a challenge but i think once people get on to it it is very difficult to bring them back down <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head that's so true because once you get it's, it's like your uh, physical fitness you get an adrenaline high they say right mm-hmm. and i think uh, investing is also like that you get this adrenaline high once you get used to uh, you know saving investing and continuously watching the market it, it's uh, it's very satisfying and it's very exciting as well mm-hmm. uh, however what works for the household again and that's why i from what you said earlier right so what works for you what works for him and then what works for the household uh, have to be segregated out and at some level you should empower your children also to say what works for the children so empower them with what they can do as well mm-hmm. i think uh, just like a doctor a family doctor a family financial planner is a must going forwards for each and every household <laughs> yes i think so too Mm-hmm. so you guys help out even in cases where uh, they are in debt and uh, to debt recovery also so we advise so uh, you know advise is neutral to what product you are invested in the debt is also a product okay. that people get invested in <laughs> yes and people get into debt traps 
because uh, you know you've taken too much of a loan and the interest payments itself is going to be uh, it becomes a circle so yes that happens as well and uh, many a times people don't know how to come out of it and sometimes they do have other products that they can help you balance it out but they don't know how to go about it and then comes a lot of baggage of you know not wanting to take those decisions and the stress that you're mm-hmm. facing at the time so um, i'm also a certified financial transitionist who works with people who are going through a difficult emotional time in terms of financial decision making so we, some of the tools that we've learned there is what helps us do this as well mm-hmm. so yes we work with clients across products more as an advisor on finances and not so much uh, into you know just recommending an investment product mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> I think uh, we have touched upon all the topics which uh, gives real insights when it comes to taking great financial decisions and uh, I thank you so much for all your uh, inputs it was wonderful uh, chatting with you and gaining these insights and I would uh, I would be the first one to say guys <laughs> time to take a financial planner now <laughs> Thank you so much for that Savita. It's so lovely to connect, reconnect with you. It's been a long time and it's just so lovely to see you hosting the show and uh, for me to be in it. I thank Ratna Shrikara from the bottom of my heart for sharing her valuable wisdom and insights. Here are my top takeaways from this amazing conversation. My first learning is that all entrepreneurs should separate their personal finances and business finances. My second learning is that first you do the investment from your income and then start pulling out money for your expenses. My third learning is that there is a huge gap between knowing what to do and actually doing it. So do not hesitate to take the advice of professional experts whenever there is a need and the best time to invest was 20 years ago and the next best time is now so make use of the present moment do your investment today at least start planning it my next learning is that take responsibility during losses make investment as an habit so that it becomes a part of your journey last but not the least this is an amazing learning for all women your children are young only once so if you want to enjoy them do it now there would be a lot of time for everything else that you want to do thank you so much never lose out on an opportunity to learn about cultivating your inner strengths on dream 100 show we strongly believe that life is just a play we win some we lose some we miss some and we mess with some so enjoy your journey and play to the fullest thank you so much for listening to this episode of dream 100 show and now 
make a smart decision of taking the next step towards building your trust and your dreams. Don't forget to subscribe to Dream 100 Show and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. For more details, shoot an email to us. This is Savita signing off and catch you soon in our next episode.